When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast presented by Justice Dental. I'm Nick Roush, joined by Freddie Maggard and Adam Luckett. Drew Franklin is out, and before we get into the business of the night, um, we got a lot to discuss. We're gonna we're gonna be debunking some myths. We got some Sports Center worthy moments. It's gonna be a good show. It's gonna be a lot of fun for our first Monday Night Football edition of the show. Uh, but first things first, Lucky, we got to back the bus up over Drew Franklin because he is out, and every time he leaves us, the Cats stink, and we have to deal with the fallout. Yeah, Drew, if you're listening, damn you. <laughs> Wasn't a great week, so this is your fault. So everybody upset, talk to Mr. Franklin because he he took all the good vibes to California and Las Vegas and didn't even, didn't even see his team score a touchdown, which I can't say much because my team didn't score a touchdown either on Sunday. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for nothing, Drew. Yeah. Um, at least this time they didn't lose. Uh, they lost to Van, Vandy the last time uh, he was out. So, you know, th- this could be worse. Freddie, we got Shaka Cummings waiting in the chat. I met Shaka Cummings at the tailgate. It was awesome. It was a pleasure. It's great when we get to meet people – uh, firsthand doing this, Freddie, and he was as nice as could be. I also met somebody who they said they don't watch the show, but they listen, and their favorite part is hearing your mic cut in and out because it's like you're <laughs> almost like, uh, good riddance, I'm done, I'm out, see ya. Yeah, hey, uh, our good friend David Cornette, or Cornet as we like to say in, in Eastern Kentucky, it's Cornette once you get past Lexington. Right. Uh, that's how I met him, man. I mean, just through this stuff and we're dear friends. Uh, but you know, he said prayers for, for Liam Cohen. We all echo that and for the family and his players, we seriously are pulling for, for, uh, Liam. And also, uh, you know, uh, like to pay tribute to those that lost our lives on September the 11th, which is today, tw- uh, what, 22 years ago. And, um, uh, those that lost our life that day. And then, just credit and just praise the heroes of that day than all those, uh, you know, through the military actions after that lost their lives, their families. We love you and we're praying for you. So uh, just want to get that out uh, before we get started here. Well, and that's that's kind of what uh, Mark Stoops said today. You know, sometimes they can seem empty. And, like, I even feel weird sometimes, too, if you, like, thank somebody for their service. But, I mean, they – had to use first responders, you know, that he wears the uh, Lexington Fire Department hat and it's not just lip service, right? So um, I know it was a scary situation yesterday for the football staff like it. And um, I, we, we almost got a choked up Mark Stoops, which he's very good about being the, you know, big Youngstown tough kind of guy up at the podium. But um, that football facility was definitely pretty shook yesterday. 
and I'm, I'm sure it's going to take a while um, to get there. We do, he, he did not provide any weight updates, not on the coaches' show either, other than the prognosis is good. Last we know, he's still in the hospital. Um, but at least it, as scary a situation as it was, it, I, you know, I guess things could have been worse, all things considered. Yeah, first things first, you just hope he's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever it is, you hope he's okay. It's going to walk away from whatever that is. But And so it's sounding like that's going to happen. But I do think from kind of focus on the team aspect, it's some unexpected adversity that they're going to have to deal with no, no matter what happens this week, whether Liam Cohen comes back or he needs to take a week off, I mean, whatever, or whoever has to run the offense and how they handle that. It's just going to – they're going to have to deal with some adversity. So we're going to get to see – how they kind of handle something like that. And, you know, obviously that, that would had to be a pretty scary situation for everybody involved. But um, it sounds like or the reports are that he's in good shape. So, um, so you, you know, you survived the worst, I would say, um, mm-hmm. in that situation. Right. So now it's now we're in a, a week where I don't really know what to kind of expect from the team. You know, who knows what it looks like uh, this week without the offensive coordinator. I mean, that's a big – unexpected situation that they've kind of taken on now. And again, this program has been hit with unexpected adversity in the past. Um, A lot of it, some health related issues. And so we'll have to see how they handle this one. Yeah. And I I believe it was on this show in 2018 when Gerald Renzen said straight up like this, this could either make or break a team and it, but it can serve as a way to kind of bring everyone together. Um, and they certainly rallied around Josh Paschal and John Slarman in 2018. We're, we might be getting a few too many steps ahead at this point. We don't want to get get in front of our skis, as Mark Stoops like to say. So uh, for now, we're, we'll just focus on the intermediate. We'll have some fun. Thoughts and prayers to Liam. Um, but with that, let's hard reset and remind you about our friends at Justice Dental. They are are presenting sponsor here at the KSR Football Podcast. I think they have been going back since 2018. They are your one-stop shop for all your dental needs in Central Kentucky with two convenient locations on Wellington and Blazer. Veneers, dental implants, full mouth restorations, whitenings, dentures, whatever you need. Routine cleaning or filling, they can have you covered at Justice Dental. They're the best of the best. Please, stop by Justice Dental. JusticeDental.com. Freddie, they're his dentist. He trusts Doc Thompson. He trusts Dr. Justice. You will, too. Uh, let me pull up their phone number real quick. I did the thing, too, where I had it pulled up. But I, I should share the phone number. That's part of the call to action. That's what we call in the biz a call to action. And that's what I call a reload. Uh, 859-543-0700 is the number. You can call or text to set up your appointment or visit them online. JusticeDental.com. Um, think we might do a show at Justice Dental. We aren't sure when. We're we're working on that. Um, I don't think it would be good, Freddie, if we did it while you were getting your teeth cleaned. But it would be kind of funny though, like if we <laughs> yeah if we're just because like, I, yeah they they lay the the gas to me as soon as I walk in the door. I ain't going. Uh, See that that's what I'm I petrified. Kind of, I grew up. You got to realize where I grew up, right? The, we didn't have very many choices in our dental care, mm-hmm. and you know, air dude would like stand on your chest and saw and everything else. That freaked me out for the rest of my life. So Pull out a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. So I went to see uh, 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 Doc Thompson. And 
they took care of all my dental stuff in one day. So, I mean, they can they can make you relaxed and they can take care of everything. And that's what See, they did for me. I, I want to put Freddie on gas and then just have him yammer on on the podcast. That would be a lot of fun. If you ever – like this – Justice Dental, much further now, but uh, primitive dentistry, fascinating stuff. It's like medieval. The, the tooth – you ever heard of a tooth puller back in the day, Walkett? They'd have these people come into town, and they would do a whole show, like in the wild, wild west. It was like part magic show, part like, let me pull your teeth. And it was gruesome. It was gnarly. Um, it's not going to be like that when you go to Justice Dental. They'll treat you a little bit better. Uh, but that stuff, that stuff always fascinates me. Uh, here's the thing. Let's get into the meat potatoes, because here, we've already got some fun hot takes in the chat, and I love them because they're right where people... I feel like right now, Adam Luckett and Freddie Maggard, I'm going to kind of set the table because right now, we it, it's clear, and, and I think we can all agree, that Kentucky is not playing great football. We're all in agreement on that end. Uh, but there's a little bit of overreacting, and there's a little bit of pointing fingers at the wrong things. So we're here to debunk some myths about what's wrong with this Kentucky football team because I think in a lot of cases – we're just making a mountain out of a molehill. Um, first and foremost, Scott Gregory brought it up. The play issue. Is Kentucky playing too slow? Mark Stoops dropped that line, and I know it made a lot of people happy that he said that they were going to try to expedite some of the play calling, try to work a little bit faster. I wrote it down just a second ago. But um, gun from the hip right now. Kentucky, they haven't ran a ton of plays in their first few games. It's, I think, 59 apiece, um, if I'm not mistaken. 56 uh, a game. 56 a game. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's one, two games. and we'll, Yeah, they, they haven't ran a lot of plays. Um, is it because they're not getting their play calls in fast enough? No, it's because their plays aren't good enough. Kentucky ran 66 plays per game in 2021. It was the best offense they've had. In 17 years. I'm bad at math. It was actually 15. 2007. The following year, they ran four plus plays in 2022. Did Rich Gangarello get fired because he couldn't run four more plays a game? No. It's because the plays he calls stunk. And right now, the plays they're calling, are they good? Are they bad? They aren't executing them all the time. They've had two bad first halves. They're starting slow. That's the problem. Part of it has to do with the defense not getting off the field either. The third down defense has been atrocious. We'll get to that more later on. But look, at, I, what we have here is an offense that's adjusting to being more pass-heavy than run-heavy, and they're hitting some early hiccups in the game. But in the second half, that offense was about as efficient as we've, we've seen around these parts in about a calendar year. You'd probably – I don't even know when you'd go back to last game, it's but that second half – <laughs> yeah, it really it really yeah. was about two calendar years. Uh, it's just that Kentucky's offense started slow. It's not it's not the quantity of plays; it's the quality of plays, particularly in the first half. This team is getting off the slow starts, and it's it's dragging the whole the whole group down. Yeah, I mean, to me, I look at possessions. They had seven possessions in the first half. It's not that like didn't have opportunities. First game, they would have had 10 possessions if it wasn't for Barry and Brown taking that kick to the house. I mean, that's right kind of on 
their average uh, in Stoops' tenure. If you want this to be a tempo offense, it's just not. Yeah. Sorry. This is not. That's not what this is going to be. They're going to no. huddle. They're going to get yep. play calls in. Could they get it in the call in two seconds faster? Yeah. But it's not the situation last year where they're just. They're getting to the line with five seconds left and having to snap the ball real quick. I don't. I don't feel that. It doesn't feel clunky in that regard to me. It feels clunky the in the pit. mistakes they're making. Like it's like we're gonna commit a penalty in an opportune moment and then get a drop killer. The problem to me is just the starts of these games. The first half, they're just starting slow. So to me, I, I'm asking myself, why are they starting this slow? You look at the play distribution. 66.7% of their plays, of their 110 plays through two games, have been pass plays. Whether throws or sacks. They're extremely pass heavy right now. Um, that number goes down a good bit in the second half of these games, but they're coming out and they're throwing the ball a ton. Devin Leary at halftime had over 20 pass attempts against EKU and Ball State. So to me, it's like Wow, if you're going to be that pass-heavy, you can't have this many incompletions because it's putting behind the chains, it's putting them in bad situations. Um, so they have to figure it out. And then there's also stuff, the penalties are an issue. And they're not playing complimentary football. The defense isn't getting off the field on third down. They're not, they're not getting a lot of possessions in the second half of these games. They had five on Saturday. They scored on, yep. or no, they had four on Saturday. Scored Only three touchdowns, four. and they would have scored at the end. Ball State, they had three, and they scored two touchdowns and punted once. They're just not getting possessions in the second half. So you leave and you're like, oh, they only ran 61 plays. I don't. That, to me, is not – they're not playing comp, complimentary football. And everybody's plays are shaved down a little bit. So if you're looking for the situation, Kentucky's not playing – all three faces aren't connected right now. And number two, well, and that and that's always going to be an important part to how they've built this team. And number two, the first halves are bad. It's the opposite of what we saw from first year with Liam Cohen, where they came out hot almost every game. This year it's not like that, but I think they're trying to figure out stylistically who they want to be, and I think you have to look at these three games as kind of a preseason because that's kind of what it is. They're trying to figure out who they are, what they want to do, and how they want to operate. As Steven says, yeah, it's it's preseason as long as you win. You're exactly right. And so – we're seeing that now. Has it looked pretty? No. Was Saturday ugly? Yeah. Do I think people were too hard about week one? Yes. Uh, but Saturday, the first half was a poo-poo platter on offense. There's no denying that. But they cooked. They absolutely cooked with grease um, in the second half. They put up the numbers you thought a good offense would put up against that EKU defense. So there's been good signs. It's just there's been too many inefficient moments. And to me, that's where the main issues are. And I hear people talk about I want, they don't run the ball. They can't move the line of scrimmage. They can't run. Like, they're running the ball fine. You look up the numbers. They are running the football fine. It's not been super efficient, but they're creating gashes. They're getting explosive plays. But they're not committing to the run because I think they know this team can only go as far as number 13 takes them. And so they're trying to figure out what he's going to do best with his receivers in this offensive line. And that ends my State of the Union. Freddie, this I'm, gives you. Yeah, I'm gonna set, Adam set that up for me really well. There you go. Tee off. Tee off. I know, go off, I know we're, we're only looking at a two-game body of work here compared to 13 games in 2022 and 21, right? Adam, you said, and I agree, people say this running game isn't 
you know, Kentucky's averaging more yards per carry in 23 than it did in 21. And at two yards more than it did in 22. So that debunks that. This, you know, and then with the Devin Leary thing, I said what I said and I meant what I said because, listen, this dude was what, 17 and a four, 17 and four as a starter at North Carolina State, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions in the season. That's pretty daggone good. Many consider him the top transfer quarterback in the country. Let me give you some passing numbers here to debunk what's been going around. Well, Will Levis had the cannon arm and, and blah, 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 right? Yards per attempt in 2021. Anybody want to guess what that was? It was eight. What is it in 2023? It is eight. Actually, 2022, last year, the bad year, it was eight and a half yards. Let's look at yards per game. 2021, where... I, I guess we have a revisionist history that, that they threw for 900 yards a game. Kentucky threw for 224 yards per game in 2021 and averaged less rush yards per, per attempt. 22-24. In 2023, they're throwing for 270. So the commitment that I agree 100% Kentucky's not committed to the run. But these numbers... I mean, let's look at last year. Ranked 12th in the SEC in pass offense. This year, right now, they're ranked 8th. 65% last year, 61% this year. Eight yards per attempt. This year, eight and a half last year. Touchdown to interception was two to one, 21 to 10. Right now, it's five to two, and Kentucky's averaging almost 50 yards more passing per game with Devin Leary than it did last year, and much more than that than it did in 2021 numbers speak for themselves i'm not just making this stuff up so yes devin leary has had accuracy issues i will equate that to some mechanical problems that i'm seeing him have in the first half he's having some hip feet kind of throwing motion issues that he's not getting set and the ball's selling on him that's on him but I'm also seeing routes. Let's say it's a, a dig route, so that's a 15-yard cut across the field, right? Your cut is supposed to be horizontal, straight down the line, 15 yards straight as an arrow. I'm seeing way too many bends in routes instead of yep. sharp, crisp routes. Throwing the football is an 11-man operation. So let's just say Devin Leary had bad mechanics, made a bad throw. Protection was great, and the routes were great. Kentucky's had that situation. Let's take it to the next step. Larry's mechanics were great. The line was not great, and the receivers were great. So, you know, it executed their jobs properly. This is a big problem. It's not a problem. Hell, they're throwing for 270 freaking yards a game. I mean, we're, I just, you know, yeah. it just aggravates well, me. It, it, you know, and it, it gets multiplied out there. I said of the Stoops era, I didn't say since Tim Couch. I said he was about like, he reminded me of Heartline. And I said, and I, I'm still believing that. So look at the numbers. The numbers do not lie, Adam Luckett. I just, yeah, I, I, I also go ahead. want to, to just, we are in an online ecosystem too. So we're getting a lot more of the like, you're an idiot. You think this, you think that. I think the overwhelming majority knows that like, all right, Devin Leary's better than what we've seen of him. Uh, but he's still... He's shown a lot more than what we've seen. If you, Will Levis was good in 2021. He was the best quarterback of the Mark Stoops era um, by far that year. 
And in his second game, he completed 10 passes for 179 yards. Against Florida, he completed seven passes for 87 yards. I mean, to act like it's yeah, it's I, pretty, I just don't know where we're a, going here with this history. It's, it's a, yeah, it's it's a pretty low bar that Devin Leary has to cross to be the best quarterback in the Mark Stoops era. I think his overall point and throwing for four touchdowns and 24 completions, 300 yards. It's that's that's a good start. It's just uh, the the blowouts haven't come quickly. Um, they haven't wowed you right away. And the other thing too, some of these deep shots have. Like that, I I worried about like I I was, it's like can, can he can he get the ball downfield like will, in the two deep shots he took Saturday like it, one of them Isaiah Cummings I mean it was right in his bread basket he just didn't pull it in the other one Anthony Brown I mean, he beat the guy he didn't beat him by as much as I thought and he was maybe a half step off but I mean he was right on the money like I it's not like the balls haven't been in the right spot but a lot of it as Freddie said it's an eleven man operation and. Sometimes the receivers are making great catches on bad Devin Leary throws. Sometimes Devin Leary's making great throws, and they are making great catches. Like it's it's been what how, how most early seasons start for teams that are changing their identity and breaking Adam, in a new starting quarterback. Adam, let me throw one thing because I mean you you've got the deep dive on stats as far as success rates and all that. This is an offense that's still averaging seven yards per play, seven yards per offensive snap. That's pretty good. What, in my opinion, and, I, and I'll turn this over to you, Adam, what sticks out to me is two things. Penalties, 17 for 125 yards. That's eight and a half penalties per game. 60 yards, almost 70 yards in flags at inopportune times. First downs and then third downs, right? That's when the flags are coming. And then you look at the defense, who there's not a bigger Brad White fan on earth than I am. That is documented. Kentucky is – holding opponents in third down to 52%. You know what it was last year? 33. This, that's why you're not getting a snap. You're not getting the football back. I mean, you can yeah. talk slow play all day, but if, if Kentucky last year was 20 percentage point better on third down, you give them that many more reps, they're going to get that many more yards and more opportunities. So there's a lot, lot of uh, ingredients in the pie here that we're just shuffling around. So – uh, I just don't understand the blame on one player on either side of the football. And the defense, we, we can get to them in a minute because they got some coming too. Oh. Yeah, I just, to me, whatever your preconceived notion of Devin Leary was before the season, I don't think it should have been changed through eight quarters yeah. of football. Just bottom line. And I, I'm here. I'm hearing the take a lot. People want domination of these teams. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not. That's every night. Come out. It's just not going to happen. You know. Did, did Tennessee even, dominate it, Austin P? Well, it's not even about that. Even like we had the stat last week. Stoops is now 12 and three ATS in his last 15 non-conference games. So that even tells you he's overachieving the the Vegas expectation more times than not in these games, and people are still upset. So I don't know what like what's gonna make like what is gonna be what is gonna give us the A plus consensus rating coming out of these games. I don't think it's possible because it's always something in these games. I think it's very very important to remember that these are I don't want to call them glorified expectation games, but they they very much treated like. They're games to get you ready for the other games, right? 
Like, these are games to get you ready for the games that people care about. SEC, and when you play Louisville at the end of the year. Those are the games that you're get, the team's going to be remembered by. No one is going to remember this game in three weeks. Rather good or bad. They're going to remember what Kentucky did against Vanderbilt, or they're going to remember what Kentucky did against Florida. And those are the games you're going to be talking about. So all of this is just... This is a lot of... It's like fake calories almost that we're talking about. Kentucky needs to play better. Everybody knows that on offense. But there's been enough good signs, I think, to where you can still see this team's potential, but little things are knocking them off. Drops. Penalties. False starts. Key holding calls. Josh Caddis gets a tough holding call. Running that first play in the red zone, they have a first down. It's going to be first and ten at the inside the fifteen. They're probably going to score that drive to tie it up. They get a holding call. Interception happens in the next play. And Mark Stoops talked about this today. They're not handling the in in game kind of getting punched in the mouth well, and they've got to kind of figure that out. But a lot of that, Nick, like you told to or like you alluded to. They have a this identity is new. This is not the identity of old. They're trying to form a new identity that takes time. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, number thirteen has got to be the guy that's got to take them to the promised land. And to yep. me, like watching yep. the EKU game, maybe the most frustrating thing was was the lack of that identity. Yep. When push came to shove, I didn't know who Kentucky was really going to turn to there at the game because it's not like all right we're in trouble let's hand it to 24 let's hand it to 26 one get back there take a uh, shotgun center snap and let's get you know a couple first downs right here you don't have really have that with this team you have to turn to 13 but he did deliver i mean they get the yep. big punt return he throws an absolute dime to tavian robinson come out of it for half he was locked he was pretty much locked in that entire half throwing the football so you've seen good moments from leary once he settles in you just need to get him settled earlier I think yeah. that's the big thing. Yeah. Once that happens, I think this offense is really going to have a chance. And these young receivers got to be better. I mean, too. 100%. Like, they have to be yes. better. More consistent. You know. Yeah, steady I Eddie's. liked what I saw from and, him. And that's I why, like what I saw. That's why Tavian Robinson, like, they he can was flash. the steady Eddie this game. Yeah. Yeah, they can but Tavian's got to – he's got to – go ahead. He's got to do no, it against no, the big go. boys. Yeah. He's got to do it against the big boys. We saw him have performance like this last year against Miami, Ohio. But he's got to do it against the big boys, and they got to have more consistency from Barry Ann and Dane. When they're going across the middle. Leary puts it in the radius. They got to catch it because they're going to have to make that catch. Like they, like we all think they can play on Sundays. Those are catches they're going to have to make on Sundays. Yeah, and so and, they and, they need more consistency yeah. from them. And the windows against EKU and Redbird. No, I keep saying Redbird. That's a high school in Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> Well, who they play first Ball game? State. Yeah, them two. The Cardinals. Ball State. Yes. Yeah, the first two opponents, the windows are a little bit bigger as far as for the quarterback to throw. You get you, you get against Vanderbilt, those are going to be smaller. So when you get an opportunity for a catch, you've got to make it. Nick, I'm, let me have a couple more numbers and I'll quit. All right. Hit, go off, King. <laughs> Offensive line. A lot of smack about them, right? Worried about them. They're not doing – they're terrible this year. Sacks allowed, Kentucky, two. That's second in the SEC. Again, competition factors here. But think back to last year when Kentucky was, what, last in the country for giving up sacks and gave up, what, 10 to Youngstown State or something crazy like that. Let's take tackles for loss. That's another issue that played Kentucky last year. Last in the SEC. This year, third, only giving up seven. Mm -hmm. So – those are With pretty starters good out. numbers. With starters out, that's exactly right. So, 
those numbers highlight to me, and then the, the running game averaging more than the 2021 offense that, you know, is better than the USC's and Colorado's apparently. No, it's no disrespect to them, but I just think we're, we're, we're really inflating some stuff here with that. I'm just trying to be – and I'm not comparing and I'm not putting anybody down to praise another. I'm just comparing numbers here. So you factor those two offensive line statistics in, seven yards of play and 5.3 yards per carry. I think there are some good things about this offense, but they do need to come out faster. They need to be more consistent. And you get – and Leary definitely needs to be better. But I don't know how good this team really is. I mean, I thought we'd get a good gauge against Akron, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Yeah. For, because uh, they're not very good. But who knows now with, with the Lee Coleman situation. I, I just I, – my favorite part of all of this is, Freddie, I, you all both mentioned it. I haven't learned a damn thing about them. They're exactly who I thought they were going into the season. Nothing's really changed for me. And yet here we are coming on and being super combative. I, this is kind of the just uh, version of this team that I thought they'd be there. Um, they aren't playing to their ability yet. And I, I just I find it amusing that we're having to like get out our swords like we're Jon Snow um, over here to fight over a team that is far short of expectations. And the only reason why we're doing this is because EKU played Scott Satterfield in week one. If he put if, if, if the Colonels if they played West Virginia and Neil Brown, if they went to Clemson and played Dabo Swinney in week one, if they if they lost to John Summerall, right? I don't care who it was. Anybody but Scott Satterfield. For some reason, Kentucky fans think that because they didn't beat EKU by 60 instead of 50 like Scott Satterfield did, then all of a sudden he's got to win over the Cats. Don't He can't hurt you guys. He never did when he was at Louisville. He can't hurt you now. So why are you letting him affect you, all right? Why are you doing scoreboard math in week two? Okay, like it's just it's you really yes. Do we want to see Kentucky's offense be crisper? Do we like? I would love to watch Kentucky beat every team by sixty. But you know what? The twenty fourteen Kentucky Wildcats beat U two U T Martin fifty four to nineteen. And did what did it mean for the season? It meant nothing. They didn't go to a damn bowl game. Like your FCS final score has no indictment. It says nothing about what you're going to do in the regular season. You just don't lose it, you win, you move on, right? Like there's nothing to be said about this. There's no grand pronouncement. And so I I, I don't I feel if kind anything, of like a jerk for a, doing this. If anything, you if you have if every college football team has two to three duds a year, you just got one out of the way you got one out of the way against the team you wanted yeah. to get it out of the way against. Um But Nick, I think you I mean the Satterfield thing is True. I think that was that's obviously you're in the no win situation with the EKU Satterfield Stutes probably not wanting to hit the gas. You have your right tackles out to start the game, um, but back to Freddie. But that's no excuse. They should win by more than they won by on Saturday. I, this yeah, is full yeah, stop. They should they should have pl- played better. But no. to me, y'all said you learned nothing, and I I agree with that. I do think this is a flaw to football team, but they have star power, and that star power gives them a really high ceiling. I think Devin Leary on offense, when he's hot and he's cooking, they can put up some big numbers with some of the ammo they have on the outside when everybody's connected and going. Defensively, I think they got guys in the front seven that are game changers that can make big plays in swing games at different points. And we've we've started to see that playmaking with just 
takeaways and turnovers they're getting. Even though they're not getting a lot of ball production, they've already got you know an interception. They've popped balls out. Trevor Wallace is all over the place. Deion Walker is dominating like you think he should, and he's got some good help on the defensive line. So I think the ceiling is high for this team, but there I think there's a big variance between the ceiling and the floor because they do have some issues, but they have some star power, and the stars got to be the stars. I mean, they're only going to go as far as their stars take them on both sides of the football to me. Um, I also love to, like, um, so here's some of the responses. Uh, because Peak's right, I gave him some of the speech on the way back home from Lexington. Um, but Scott was like, we almost got shut out for a half, Nick. Keep whistling by the graveyard. Um, you almost got shut out for a half because you got a punt blocked after a – I mean, they don't get a false start on a quarterback sneak if EKU doesn't have coaches that know the snap count and tell them. They're shouting it out. Cox jumps early. Uh, and then you get a punt blocked. They score what, four plays later. Then you get Whistling another Whistling by penalty. a graveyard. I've never heard that. I do like that though. That's I cool. do like. Who said that, Scott? Scott, that's a that's a good one. I've never heard that. Yeah. I, Not I to like break this up, guys, but uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah. just got carted off. He got actually so, carted uh, off because Shaka said, "Oh wait, it's coming now." Oh wow. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's that's not good. Not good. Um, yeah. No, I actually oh, like him now too. Imagine being a Jets fan. Uh, do we need? Oh no. Yeah, that's that's not great, Bob. Not great at all. Um, wild start to that game, to to say the least. Um, I love too that we've just got our takes flying furiously. Let's use this time to now just stop and say, exhale, everybody, and wear your bird dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear, wear your bird dogs. Absolutely, it's great looking gear. Uh, it'll make sure you're ready to roll on this game day. And man, it was a beautiful day <coughs> to wear those bird dogs. Shorts on Saturday outside of the tailgate lot at Kroger Field. One too hot, one too cold. It was just nice. It was football weather. And you look good in the football weather with those line shorts from Bird Dogs. They're so comfortable. Once you try them, you're not going to go anywhere else. They also got slacks, too. Slacks that are comfortable. Um, that like They look dressy, but they're not dressy. They've got like an elastic waistband. And, Freddie, I know you're all about the elastic waistband life. So you go to BirdDogs.com. Put in promo code KSR. You're going to get a Hydro Flask-style water bottle with your purchase. Bird Dogs, the best-looking swag in the business, whether it's the shirts, the shorts, the pants, and Q-Zips coming this fall as well. BirdDogs.com, promo code KSR for your Hydro-style flask. They're the best of the best in the biz. Um, man. All right, I got one more thing to say before we move on to the best football thing that I've ever seen happen. Okay, hit it. There, there's a big difference than damnation, than than this. I'm sorry. There's a big, big difference between disappointment and damnation. Right? Two yep. total different spectrums. I was completely disappointed with Kentucky on Saturday, 100, percent just like everybody else. But I'm not to the point of damnation saying this this team will never win another, another game, and this player is horrible, and that player is horrible. That's not my style. I, again, I don't know how good this team is going to be. I said they were eight wins, if, you know, seven to nine win team. We don't know. We're going to find out when they play Vanderbilt, right? So, remember, there's a big difference in disappointment, which I felt, I think Nick and Adam felt, and Steven, and just totally damning this team to say this player stinks and this team stinks and we're not going to win another game. So, 
Uh, that's where I come about all this. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think I, I said it, I even said it on the rep reaction, that first half from the offense was a total poo-poo platter. Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing, It was awful. Man. Yeah. There's, there's no other way to cap that. Like, that's what it, yeah. that was. It was horrible. Second, second half, and with that said, but second half they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't have done it good. any better than how they played in the second yeah. half. Yeah. Defensively, Ooh. they gave up. Uh, they probably bended when you wanted them. They probably bent a little too much in the first half, but they got stops. Second half, they gave up some drives where you like two drives, a field goal, and the touchdown drive where it was just like, uh, need to be better than that. And that's two second halves in a row for the defense where that's that's kind of happened. And I really think they're just not playing complimentary football. Um, they're not getting on the, the offense and defense have not been on the same page this this year yet. Um, well, the first half of both games, the defense have kind of led the way, and then we've seen defensive slippage in the second half when the offense finally gets things rolling. Like, that has to get together. Um, and so, again, they had – this whole season, though, was about this runway. They had time to figure stuff out. So yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't want to yeah, jump exactly. to. I just I don't want to jump into Take City on the team yet until I see them play some other teams and figure some stuff out. Right now they're just they're in the the, the experiment period for me, trying exactly. to figure out what they want to be as a team, who how they want to play, and so we'll see what it looks like later. Um, but there have been glimpses I think on both on all in all three phases really. I mean the special teams have had some bright 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 moments. Offense has had some big time moments. Um, they're they're creating explosive plays at a very good rate, and then defensively, they just they have lapses. I think in the game, and they they, they that's got to be eliminated. But if they can put it together, that this can be a really good football team. But that's an if. That's I would love game. to have been in that staff meeting when <laughs> the two linebackers dropped to the wrong yeah to the wrong spot in the Hooks, zone. Yeah, hooks. Yeah. I mean that had because I mean we talked about it last week and it happened again this week. The concerning thing for me. You know, you can talk about passes defended, what, two for the season, whatever. Sometimes that happens. Kentucky's created some turnovers, had an interception taken away against Redbird. Or who who they play for? I, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. But it's the middle of the field. The middle of the field, they're getting eaten alive as far as yeah. passing the football. Well, and that, and that's, I, the, I, that's the discipline with the linebackers and communication with the safeties. And, and I thought yeah. the safeties, Nichols, would be uh-huh. the strength and the, the linebacker and yeah, especially with Trevor Wallace and, and D-Jack, those are two great athletes, and yeah. they just got to get that figured out. I think it's fixable, but that defense, that's still that defensive line can get after you when they want to, and and that's that's a positive for me. Yeah, yeah safety play receivers has been disappointing. Yeah, um, the, the that moments in coverage. I did not expect that at all. I thought uh, yeah. Childress would be much more active. Was he got five seasons, five tackles for the season, and that's it? You know, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not disappointed in him. I just think I'm just a little bit, a little bit confused by it, to be quite honest, because I thought that would be the strength of the of the back third there, back there. Between yeah, that, I think uh, Jordan Lovett hasn't played very well to start the season. The Geiger missed a big tackle on Saturday. They just that group just got that, those three were supposed. It's supposed to be one of the. I mean, I had it at this best position unit on the team entering the year. Um, when you just look at the top three, and it, it hadn't played to that, so they really got to that group is that's the key. They they got to get that group back playing really good football because um, they are key in everything Kentucky does. Um, and Trevin, I do think he has his lapses in pass coverage, but he makes so many plays that 
I'm willing to live with that, right? Because he's getting in the backfield, and when he's coming on those green dogs and those delays, he's just eating up these quarterbacks. And he's going to be a real weapon against some of these quarterbacks. Kentucky's going to see later that like to run around a little bit. Um, he can be an eliminator in a lot of that stuff. I mean, it's very, you know, Nicobe Dean was a, a highly productive player, but it, it reminds me of him. Like he once he once he, he's like a heat-seeking missile. Once he's locked on on you, you're you're, you're toast in a short area. And we've seen some of that. So uh, that that is a very, very good sign because that is a freaking weapon, man, when you got a linebacker that can flow, read, and run like that. Wallace, the most talented player on the roster, yes or no? Yeah, yeah I'd say so. Yeah. Him or Dion. But he, even he, though, is not without mistake, as, you know, dropping back into the wrong zones, right? Um, I, I think it's all bears worth repeating that, Yes, there there are some there there are some small things that I didn't expect. I didn't have to ex- to didn't expect to have a couple series where you're just like, "What's where's Leary throwing?" Like, well, I, this is weird. What's going on? The the receiver play I was I was actually always worried about, but receiver play and safety was built as a strength, and it has not lived up to that. That needs to get corrected. But they've always had time for this. And you know what? All of uh, anybody out there who is worried. You're totally normal. College football fans, we're all crazy. We're all lunatics. What's important is that Mark Stoops and this Kentucky football team, he doesn't have that panic right now. He doesn't have that set in. I, I would be a little bit more alarmed if he was still doing the, like, pounding his fist on the table to, like, try to rah-rah him publicly or anything. But I think, I think there is a sense of – this team knows that it's better than what it is, and they're getting all the dumb tight, stuff Nick. out of the way. I wonder if they're just I, tight. Like, are they going in these games like playing super tight, trying to score forty I, points at once? I think Leary said that after the game. Yeah, he I said, mean, it like, feels like coming, it. Yeah, you can't score forty points one pass. Yeah. And in a game and you know like UK, you got the Freddie can speak to this. If you don't score, then you start to feel some of that pressure when you're playing a team you're supposed you're supposed to blow out. You know, Absolutely, that, that's, around, a real, the game that's a real pressure. thing. That's a real thing, and you, you see that with uh, uh, yards after catch, right? I mean, every time a reception, it's I need to score now instead of okay. Mm-hmm. It's good. Let's get let's let's start at second and four instead of second and nine because you know you're going this way, this way, this you know. Just get yeah. up there and let's get that. Oh. Let's, let's, let's take the twelve yard game. The turf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got. Yeah. So again, but disappointment. Yes. Worry. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I not. totally understand everybody, but I, I'm not. Now it, it, this weekend. See again with I don't know the the play calling situation. I was wanting this weekend to be my. Okay, this is who this everybody team is. Moment. Yeah. Get it together. So yeah. who knows? But we'll, well, we'll, we'll the wait. Mark, and see the Mark Stoops that. tenure. Yeah. If one thing, it's been unexpected, and I try to pick the the. The poop fecta game. I thought it was going to be Akron this year, um, but I think it was Eastern. So we'll see what they can do this week. But it's you know they got stuff to figure out. But I don't. I don't think they're that far off. You convinced me it was going to be Missouri. I'm pretty sure you. Well, that too. I'm talking about the night. I'm talking about they have one bad game a year against a G5 or an FCS team. Well. And last year it was Louisville because, I mean, you know, they only won by 13. Normally it's about 50. So um, Northern Illinois. I, I mean, they I mean they went down to the wire against Northern Illinois. 
Remember Eastern Michigan? They had like, like how many people remember the Eastern Michigan game where they needed an interception from Kendall Randolph in the was it Kendall Randolph or Blake McLean? One yeah, of the two to seal that game. Like, I mean, nobody remembers that game. And as you said when we were like leaving the stadium, you're like, this feels like a November basketball game against like Mississippi Valley State that you just move on, you forget about it quickly. So we're not going to try to completely forget about it. We are going to try to move on to the next game, which is this Saturday, 7.30, Akron Zips at Kroger Field. Joe Moorhead back in town. The last time Joe Moorhead was in Lexington, all-time game, one of the more fun moments. C.J. Conrad on 11 personnel last week said it was his favorite game uh, when Mississippi State came up here. And you you want to blow out a team? Kentucky blew them out 28-7, to and it was 7-7 going into the fourth quarter. So I don't know how many people were complaining about that back then. Um, I, I remember that game being a sellout. It was a crazy atmosphere. Um, it was a sellout Saturday because people were buying their tickets on game time. The good thing is, is with the game time app, it is your fastest, most reliable way to get last minute tickets. So even though it was a sellout, you can find a way to get a ticket through the game time app when you walked up to the doors at Kroger Field. If you had promo code KSR too, you would save twenty bucks off your first purchase too. And what's also great about game time is their guarantee. Like it, you know exactly where you're going to sit and they're not going to surprise you with a bunch of fees and all that sort of gobbledygook. It's just right there. Two taps, about a boom, about a bam tickets right there on your phone with the game time app. You can also use your desktop game time.co online promo code KSR for $20 off your purchase with game time. Freddie, you didn't need the game time app to go, to Jackson County last week, but you saw some fireworks, and I was I was overjoyed. I, I I you you texted all of us, and I I was like, man, I hope they got video of that, and thank God they did because that was incredible. Yeah, best catch I've ever seen in person. I mean, I, I was literally ten yards from where the here you can see it on top. Uh, you see my big tail over there, you know, jumping up and down with the players somewhere. But yeah, I mean that was that was the most incredible catch I'd ever seen. Here we go. You see it in slow motion. Watch this kid jump. What? One hand. Look at that. <laughs> and it made it. The best part too is whenever you just you put out a call to action on the KSR pregame show, like we yeah. got to get this on Sports Center. Yeah. Ends up on. Sunday NFL countdown. You got Moss. Yeah, I, and Randy right, Moss just, is one of my favorite talking heads out there. And thanks to PRTC TV for that video. But yeah, man, when that happened, I mean, I was just—I mean, I dropped my phone. Everybody's jaw was on the turf, man. And it's—you know—after the game, I talked to the kid. Kamani Ball's his name, and he's such a good kid. And I was like, man, we got to get this done. So I was in such a good mood Saturday. After that, because I, that's my favorite game of the year. That's my two favorite teams I get to see play, Shawnee and Jackson County. And to see that play and, and you know, hoping that that kid, Kamani Bob, was going to get on You Got Mossed or ESPN or whatever, that's just so special for him. That's something he'll carry with him the rest of his life in that Shawnee program. Man, that just made my whole season complete. And then EKU UK happened, you know. So that's just the uh, ebbs and flows of football season. But listen, I'm I'm happy for the rest of the year because that kid got recognized, and that's something special. So I'm I'm very well, very happy for them. Freddie, we sh- we should have known because JoJo said when they played 
Saturday on the video yeah. show. It was like playing somebody in the Super Bowl. And Super I think Bowl. that's a lot how EKU played yes. Yes. on Saturday. And, and I don't know, know if Kentucky necessarily matched their intensity. Yeah. You know, and, and listen, Adam or Nick, if I was a little too strong earlier, I apologize. But hey, there's that catch again. I can't be in a bad mood now. That's my guy. I love it. Hey, I love Freddie, that. But look at that. Shawnee High School. Full extension. That was uh, the first varsity game I ever entered was at Louisville Shawnee High School. Yeah. And we got it. I was a freshman. We got in the game late. And they called the waggle. And the waggle was the Nick Roush tight end drag touchdown special. I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to catch a touchdown. What I didn't know is the offensive coordinator told our quarterback, under no circumstances do you throw the football. And even though I was open in the end zone, he scrambled it in, and he became the first freshman to score a touchdown. I yeah. did not. So Steve, that's yeah. awesome, Nick. Run that back here. You see the assistant coach on the far left? He starts walking towards me. All right, keep going. See, he's out there at the far left by the guy jumping up now. He starts walking there. That's me and him talking. I'm like, there's no way I just saw that. And that, again, that's that fills my heart, man. That I mean, seriously. I mean, I this game is tears of, of joy for me because of, thanks to Kroger, we get to do this every year and we get to give out two trophies and get to see the number one play on you got mossed. I mean, that's just tremendous. But back to if I was a little harsh, I do apologize. I'm not talking down to people. I'm not talking up to people. My thing for my whole career doing this media junk is I don't tell fans how to fan. And you, you do you and I'll do me. I'm just voicing my, my frustration at people, uh, at, at some people just continually coming after me about this Leary stuff. It just got old. And if I was defensive, I'd do apologize and go cast. How about that? And I just there think back go. to Shawnee that I'm in a good headspace. Well, where are you going to be this week, Freddie? I'm pretty sure there's a couple there might of be a, big names per, that are playing. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Uh, Frederick Douglass at Corbin. Adam, you know the recruiting stuff. You and Nick better than I do. There's some dudes in that game, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Douglass has got, what, one, two, three, four, divi- four FBS commits right now with more on that team. And then Corbin's got some stars themselves with the Smith twins. So, yeah, if you if you want to go, uh, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's going to be any tickets available. But you can watch it. Yeah, I'm sure there will be streaming it somehow on 107.3 in Corbin. So you can watch it that way. And we'll have – I mean, we're running a full bus down there. I mean, a lot of KS- – I think you two are the only KSR folks not going. So it's going to be fun, man. Plus, Corbin is debuting – Campbellfield renovations. That's $9 million investment to that football stadium. So uh, fans will see it for the first time this weekend. And that field, you know, Mayfield, Corbin, both remind me of Green Bay a little bit, right? And with the community and the stadiums and all that. And now uh, you're getting this $9 million renovation to Campbellfield. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Yeah, it might be the atmosphere of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going down Thursday. They're having a community event where they're showing the field and having, you know, pep rally and all that stuff. I'm going to go down Thursday and, and do some do some pro J stuff, man. I'm going to do some journalism down there. Well, here's some more journalism. Freddie, you've eaten plenty of chow in Corbin. Um, the last yeah. time I was in Cor- Corbin, I went to Colonel Sanders Cafe. I don't know it yeah. as well. So if people are going down there, what do they need to stuff to get some chow, as you like to say? Bubby's Barbecue is the best. 
barbecue in, in southeastern Kentucky. Now, it's off exit 25. Just take a ride. It's up there by the subway. And Bubby's Barbecue got a big buffet, catfish, ribs, you ooh, name it. Ooh. Yeah, I like the greens there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to love. So that's, that's where uh, me and my sister and my brother-in-law go every time I'm in town. And it'll be open well, on Friday. Maybe. I don't know. I think everything's shutting down for the game. <laughs> well, I think New York City is shutting down. The Jets fans, um, they're, they're is, dead is he really hurt? right now. He's questionable to return. Yeah, he's carted off. Injury. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. Um, we've got people tweeting pictures of Carson Wentz, the Jets fans. Um, Zach Wilson's in. They want to burn it down. It's uh, <laughs> r- r- about as rough of a start of a season as you could possibly have uh, to just have your your savior go get an injury in the first quarter. So we'll see how they can cope with it. Uh, we're, we're, we had some fun tonight uh, getting after it a little bit, mixing it up. All in all, uh, look, it, I, I think this Kentucky team will get it figured out. We hope um, – all is well with Liam Cohen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tuesday, we're going to – so usually when we talk to the offense, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. There's a lot of uncertainties going into this week, but it's Kentucky versus Akron. They should be taking care of business Saturday night. Yeah, uh, you never know. Um, like I said last week, Nick, y'all said, you know, they're going to hammer EKU, and you say that. But they play them close every time. We'll see if we'll see if uh, they can bounce back. But yeah, um, I think a lot of people are a lot of antsy people going to be in that stadium, and I don't think it's just the fans. I think it's going to be the team yeah. too wanting to play better. I am done predicting big wins for Kentucky this season, yeah. so I'm done hey, with that. Freddie, I, I I gave up predicting Kentucky wins over Tennessee four years ago, and yeah. what did I do before this season? No, just you didn't. when I got out. They pulled me back in, and I'm Speaking picking of, the cats to beat Tennessee. So I, I, went I can't to, help. I, I went to Red Mile yesterday just to check it out. That's oh. pretty cool. They had the wiener yeah. dog races too, so it was packed. But yeah, We don't need to talk about winners and losers right now because I'm a big loser, and Luckett's just rolling and winning tickets. Like he's just <laughs> he's like the the duck diving in the coins, and I'm over here just. Looking for a scrap of paper. <laughs> I would be remiss if I did not thank the Big Blue Nation for supporting Kamani Ball and just blowing up social media trying to get him on ESPN. Thank you so so very much. Well done, everybody. Uh, well done to all of you for watching, listening at home, even through all the Aaron Rodgers chaos on Monday Night Football. Uh, you listen to the podcast and you just got our live reaction. So this has been a lot of fun. Drew Franklin will be back next week. He's going to fix everything. He's going to bring the good vibes back. Kroger Field under the lights Saturday night. The Cats will be back for one final tune-up before Nooner in Nashville at Vanderbilt to kick things off with SEC play. For Freddie Maggard, he's Adam Luckett. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger. 